Welcome to the 12th episode of the 1796 Podcast, a monthly podcast that features exclusive interviews and in-depth news about the Tennessee National Guard and the Tennessee Military Department. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Malone. And I'm Captain Hall. Your co-host of the 1796 Podcast. This month, it's all about education, and we are thrilled to welcome two VIPs to the podcast this month. First up, President of the University of Tennessee System, Randy Boyd. President Boyd joined us from the UT System offices in downtown Knoxville to discuss all the ways UT serves members of the National Guard. And we'll hear from State Representative Jerome Moon, who represents Blount County and was one of the chief sponsors of the Strong Act, a key education benefit available to members of the Tennessee National Guard. And of course, we'll brief you on the latest and most important news impacting the Tennessee National Guard in our Tennessee Bluff news segment. But first, our conversation with President Randy Boyd. We are thrilled to welcome to the podcast President Randy Boyd, the president of the University of Tennessee System. President Boyd, thank you for joining us. Captain Hall, thank you for letting me join you. Absolutely. Well, we're going to kick it off with, with a couple of quick questions, and we'll bounce back and forth between myself and Colonel Malone. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to becoming the president at UT? What's the typical story? Dog fence salesman comes president of a university. You've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> no, it's a fairly unique uh, path. Um, I think maybe I'm maybe the only one to ever follow this, but I'm a business person at heart. I started uh, three companies, the third one of which was very successful. Got to a position in my life where I realized that the rest of my life would be about giving back. I believe inflection, the inflection point of everything is education. So I started giving back in education. And the most significant project was a project called Tennessee Achieves that has now sent over 133,000 kids to technical community college free of charge, matched with a mentor. I'm really proud of the work we've done there. Through that work, Governor Haslam asked me to uh, become his uh, uh, special advisor on higher education. During that period, I was able to create something called the Tennessee Promise that makes a community college free of charge forever uh, within the state of Tennessee, and uh, also a, a vision for our state called the Drive to 55, and that was an experience that taught me that if you really want to make the biggest difference, uh, public service is the best place to do it. So I began a career of public service, became commissioner of economic and community development to bring jobs to those students that were getting those degrees. And then the opportunity came up to be the president of the University of Tennessee. I said, well, I'll do it for six months, shake things up a little bit, see what I can do, and found out that if you really want to make the biggest difference in the lives of Tennesseans, being the University of Tennessee president is the best place. That's, that's a short story, but yeah, not, not, not your normal path, but uh, that's mine. That's fantastic. That's great, sir. Thank you for that. Well, and many people only think of UT Knoxville when they think of UT or the university system, but there are campuses across the state. Um, it, it's truly a statewide university. Can you tell us about the various locations where soldiers and airmen who may be listening could attend for undergraduate or graduate school? Yeah, we have a slogan here, everywhere you look at UT and literally everywhere you look across the state of Tennessee, the University of Tennessee is there. We've got extension offices in all 95 counties serving farmers and 4-H students. We've got a um, research centers for agriculture all across the state, 40,000 acres and 4,000 head of cattle. <laughs> but importantly for the, your listeners, we also have five campuses. We have UT Knoxville, which is our flagship. If you want the big SEC experience, UT Knoxville is the place to go. Over 300 programs, R1 Research Institution. You want something a little smaller, a regional institution in Chattanooga, 11,000 students, still over 100 different uh, programs that they can study. Um, UT Martin in Northwest Tennessee, if you want to focus on agriculture or business or engineering, you want to be in a rural environment with a fairly large 
campus of about 7,000 students. It's a beautiful place to go. Um, and then we have our newest campus, UT Southern, only 1,000 students. If you're from a small town or you just want that small town feel where uh, every faculty member not only knows your name but is really wanting you to succeed, UT Southern would be a great choice. So uh, campuses across the state, uh, you got a choice of region, you got a choice of size, um, but all of which are extremely supportive of our veterans and military and, and will be dedicated to making sure they're successful. And speaking of some of that, that, that connection to the military, UT has several programs that are particularly helpful for military personnel like the Aerospace and Defense MBA here at UT Knoxville. Are there any new programs or degrees that are on the horizon that would specifically be tailored to the military? Well, there's a lot of uh, degrees and, and programs that would be very supportive, but I'd like to maybe take a moment and just talk about some of the things that we're doing more broadly to help make sure that this is a place where um, people for all for any military background can be successful. Um, a couple of years ago, Governor Haslam created something called the Strong Act, which provided for last dollar tuition and fees for any uh, military person within the state of Tennessee. Um, last year, we were able to pass a new law that said that any uh, person with a military background, either a veteran, active military, or someone coming into ROTC, gets in-state tuition within the state of Tennessee. So when you put those two things together, the strong act with this uh, in-state uh, tuition rate, it basically means uh, um, our, our folks can come to, our uh, military uh, uh, family can come to any of our campuses free of tuition and fees. They're still gonna have room and board, but uh, financially it's one of the most um, attractive places in the country to come. And if listeners wanted to learn more about the strong act, they could listen to our August, 2022 episode of the podcast actually all right ut has had a unique partnership with the air force with the university of tennessee space institute housed at arnold air force base and that's in tullahoma can you tell us about that partnership and program yeah we've had a partnership for for a long time one of the things that um the ut space institute does is do a lot of research and focuses around the um, uh, aerodynamics of, of of aircraft i got a chance to go down uh and, and tour about Two years ago, when I when I first got this job, and it was just fascinating. Frankly, I couldn't tell you a lot of the science, but I do remember one of the things that they were working on, which was trying to make sure that when you're traveling at at Mach 10, which I guess is not a thing today, but could be in the future. But if you're traveling at Mach 10, what does that do to paint um, and on on the plane? And just lots of things happen when you're going at those kinds of speeds. But they're doing incredible research around cutting edge um, uh, areas that. Uh, we've been getting uh, significant uh, support from the Department of Defense for, for years. Um, so so if a person wants to go and learn about cutting-edge technologies that's going to help make our, our uh, armed forces uh, more successful in the future, this is a great place to, to go uh, study and, and do research. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the airmen and soldiers that are listening right now may not have gotten their four-year degree yet. So if you had the chance to personally pitch a National Guard member, either an airman or a soldier, on why they should come to the University of Tennessee, what would be the pitch? I want to start with you need to come to the state of Tennessee because the state of Tennessee, one, you want to go to a, uh, a college where you can get a job afterwards, and this is a great state to, for, to get a great job. We've got a booming economy. At the same time, we have no state income tax. 
um, and we've got some of the best uh, education resources across the state. So it's just a great place to live and, and, uh, and raise a family and get a great job. So kind of begin with the end in mind. Come to the state of Tennessee because this is where you're going to get a, a fantastic job. And then within the institution itself, back in 2013, the first time I was working with Governor Haslam, um, our uh, Commissioner for Veterans Affairs, uh, Colonel Minnie Bears Grinder and I created a task force to make Tennessee the most uh, veteran-friendly state uh, in, in America when it comes to getting your education. And many of our universities created veteran centers and a whole series of support programs to make sure that um, uh, we were the best state in America to, to, to come and get an education. Within the University of Tennessee, we're building on that and trying to make sure that um, uh, with the specific programs that we talked about, with the all the wraparound support that we have, and then with the financial aid that we have, uh, and with the choice that we have of all the different uh, campuses and programs, that this would be the abs absolute best per place. So first, you want to you want to live in Tennessee, you want to uh, uh, build your family in Tennessee, you want to get an education in Tennessee, and if you're going to get an education in Tennessee, you want to come to the University of Tennessee. I love it. That's awesome. So UT Battelle, we'll switch gears a little bit. UT Battelle, <laughs> which helps manage Oak Ridge, is also under the University of Tennessee umbrella, and it recently won the ESGR, or Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, Employer of the Year Award right here in Tennessee across the whole nation. One of your organizations is recognized nationally as the most outstanding employer of people in the National Guard. First, thank you for your support. Secondly, why do you think the employer-guardsman relationship is so important? Well, I think that employers are looking for employees that have discipline, that have proven that they can work uh, together in teams, that have those social skills, that um, have had some real-world experience. And so I, I know when I'm talking, as an employer, uh, myself, and uh, both at UT and, and my, my former company, uh, veterans have that, and National Guard have that experience and those skills that uh, employers are looking for. And so I think it's, just, it's not just in the state of Tennessee, but nationally, uh, uh, we're looking for the kind of skills that our National Guard and our, our veterans can pr provide us. Awesome. And switching gears uh, to some, some of the more personal experiences you've had outside of academia, um, there's no doubt that it's certainly helped develop your leadership ability and, and your job here at UT. This is very similar to the, the way that a lot of National Guardsmen, myself included, that are drill status guardsmen, we have multiple jobs. So we have our military job, but also our civilian job. What would you recommend to the soldiers and airmen that might be listening in how to transfer lessons learned from different industries into the military or vice versa? One of the things that I've had the benefit of learning by actually changing jobs a little bit here the last 15 years, going from industry to government service and now to higher education, is there are some core skills that you learn, and I think uh, our guardsmen learn, um, that they can then transfer to other, other fields. I've learned that uh, relationships matter, being able to work with uh, others, being able to listen, being able to build teams, whether that you're in the National Guard or the Army or the Air Force or in a corporation or in higher education, there's some basic skills that um, are transferable to anything that you do. It was kind of comforting for me to learn that. When I was in my company, I knew I could do certain things and it worked in that, but I never really knew if I could do anything else. Um, and it's been, a, it's been refreshing or, uh, and uh, rewarding to learn that some of these skills, I think that, that your listeners know from what they've done, will um, also be transferable to th other things that they, they will go to in the future. They should have confidence in the things that they've learned and know that they'll be able to be successful in, in many other things. 
Perfect. You are proof that education and a motivated attitude can be a huge benefit. You graduated high school at 16 and graduated college at 19, all while you worked in a factory to pay for it. What do you feel is the real importance of education? I think education opens the the doors for so many opportunities. I think there's at least a couple of things. One, just the discipline, getting your degree, getting your exercise or your degree, and and the things that you you um, prove to yourself and to the world that this is somebody that can take on a project and get something done. So I think sometimes employers are looking for somebody with a degree just to prove that they can stick with something. Uh, so that's I think it's a it's just the accomplishment in of itself has has intrinsic value. But then in addition, you learn a lot of. Uh, uh, of disciplines that you sometimes don't really appreciate that they're valuable until you get out into the into the real world of the career. I know when I was in in college, um, I loved economics and I loved um, uh, statistics. Those were kind of fun things that, that for, for me. But it turned out now statistics I actually use from time to time. Economics not that much. Every now and then at a cocktail party, I can drop the words, well, it's all about supply and demand. But, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, this doesn't come up that often. However, uh, the classes that I really disliked the most was uh, a cost accounting and business law, because it just seems so arbitrary. Just somebody made up a bunch of rules and we're supposed to follow them. But who do I spend all my time with now? A- attorneys and accountants. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, you never know what's going to be valuable to you later on. So there's lots, all kinds of things that you learn through the process that uh, uh, will, will um, be of value to you in the future. And you mentioned a moment ago about Tennessee Promise and, and the opportunity that you had working with Governor Haslam to develop that program. How have you seen that benefit the state as a whole, and what impact have you seen directly while here at UT? Well, the Tennessee Promise has done multiple things. As I mentioned earlier, it sent over 130,000 young people to a technical or community college completely free of tuition and fees. They've been matched with over 60,000 mentors that have been trained to make sure that they're successful, not only just getting into school, but being uh, able to, to graduate. And these mentors are there to give them encouragement that they might not otherwise get. Uh, so the program has been impactful just in that alone. But the most important thing I think it did, and Governor Haslam, I remember when we created the Drive to 55, this goal to take our, our um, uh, post-secondary attainment level from 32% to 55% by the year 2025, um, he said, well, what do you think is going to be our biggest challenge to getting there? And I remember my answer then, I've, I've, I've stuck with it, and that is, um, it's our culture. We have this culture of low expectations. We don't believe enough in ourselves that we're able to do this. But with the Tennessee Promise, we can now have parents talk to their kindergartners and say, you can go to college. You can expect more. You can expect a better uh, education and a better life. So I think the Tennessee Promise has, more than anything, changed the culture, the culture of expectations within our state. That's great information. Now, I, we have a final question, but before I get to it, I'll give you the opportunity. Anything else you want to cover or anything else you might want to say to Tennessee National Guardsmen that are out there listening before I go to the final question? Okay. So I'll tell all the National Guardsmen, as I usually will tell any uh, young person I get a chance to talk to, um, there's not uh, there's a lot of things that you need to, to think about when you're trying to choose a university. But the most important thing is you want to choose a university where they know you know they want them. And they, or they, they want you. And the best way to know is if the president of the university personally uh, asks you to come. So I'm personally asking every one of your listeners to come to the University of Tennessee. I want you. We want you. We will do everything we can not only to get you here, but then to make you successful once you're here.
that's that's great. Thank you for the invitation. And for our final question, we ask all of our guests on the 1796 podcast to provide one piece of leadership advice to our listeners. You've obviously uh, given a lot of great information throughout this entire interview, but President Boyd, what is your best leadership advice for our listeners? Uh, dare mighty things. Be bold, think big. Um, there's a lot of other things we could add. That's, that's a really hard question, but I'll start with that. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. Up first this month in the Tennessee Bluff, a major change took place in early March for the SGLI program. Effective March 1, 2023, all service members eligible for Service Members Group Life Insurance, or SGLI, will have their coverage increased to $500,000, an increase of $100,000. Participating members will see a slight increase in the premium payment, which increased to $31 per month. Members can make changes to their SGLI participation on the Mill Connect website. In other news, preparations are underway for Thracian Century, an international joint readiness exercise throughout the nation of Bulgaria taking place in June of this year. More than 170 military personnel from the Bulgarian Armed Forces, the Hellenic Air Force in Greece, and the Tennessee Army and Air National Guard will focus on developing and improving skills which include combat medical care, aircraft, fire rescue, joint operations, logistics and sustainment, aeromedical evacuation, and weapons training. The exercise is a direct result of the state partnership program and Tennessee's long-standing partnership with Bulgaria. And to conclude the Tennessee Bluff for this month, we are honoring the lives of the two Tennessee Army National Guard pilots who were killed February 15th in a helicopter accident in Madison County, Alabama. Please join us in a moment of silence to honor Chief Warrant Officer 3, Daniel Wadham of Jolton, and Chief Warrant Officer 3, Danny Randolph of Murfreesboro. On behalf of a grateful state and nation, we are thankful for their service. That's our Tennessee Bluff for this month. And now, back to the interviews. Well, everyone, again, welcome to the 1796 podcast. Today, we are outside in the air park at the 134th Air Refueling Wing in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we are thrilled to be joined with Representative Jerome Moon from the 8th District for the state of Tennessee. Welcome to the 1796 podcast. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to be here and so excited about getting back together with my good friend, Captain Hall, and... Um, just looking forward to enjoying a great day here yeah. at the 134th. It's beautiful. And again, just to remind everybody, we are outside. So if you hear birds chirping in the background or a, maybe a plane take off, or I heard the firing range a few minutes ago. So you might hear some things in the background, <laughs> listeners. Captain Hall? Well, Representative Moon, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your background? Why did you get involved in the legislature? And tell us about your military background as well. Well, I was born and raised in East Tennessee, actually in Blount County, Maryville, in my district. And uh, at the age of 17, I decided, uh, even though I was accepted to Maryville College, uh, I wanted to take another route. My parents signed for me to enlist in the United States Navy, and that was the second day of June 1965. I served all six years active duty. I uh, got out in January 1972. Uh, my wife, Debbie Bradford Moon, we were married a year before uh, my discharge. And then uh, I went to the University of Tennessee after military duty. Uh, 
which uh, was a great uh, advantage to me. And then I worked at a, at a locally as I went to school and uh, spent 21 years at the Daily Times. And um, at that point, I was still chairman of the Blount County Industrial Board and um, want, wanted to continue to serve in some capacity. And then uh, years later, a good friend of mine asked me to run for the Blount County Commission, which I did. Served seven and a, seven and a half years, seven years as chairman. And um, there was an opportunity came available in the state legislature. Uh, Art Swan and I went, went to Nashville. And um, I've served there five and a half years. I chair local government uh, subcommittees, cities and counties. And I've, I chaired the Veterans Caucus. Uh, it alternates every two years, House, Senate, and uh, in the 111th General Assembly, I was fortunate enough to be nominated and elected as chair of the Veterans Caucus. I've always felt, even after uh, my discharge, that uh, you know, there's as as a way to, to honor and give back to those who served, especially during my time, that we never forget those veterans, and and do everything we possibly can to to uh, honor them to take care of their needs and that extends out to the to the National Guard because to me they're, they're no different than, than regular uniform uh, service. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you are a newspaper person. You, you worked at the newspaper for a long time. Um, do you miss anything about the newspaper industry in, in print or and what do you think about the modern ways that information is distributed and as a Follow on. How do you feel about podcasts? Well, I think podcasts are great. First of all, we'll get that out of the way <laughs> Good answer. Right now. Good answer. We appreciate and, that. And uh, you know, the industry itself—we uh, probably like the railroads. Uh, they were in the railroad business for so long, and newspapers were in the print business so long, and maybe we lost track of being in the communications business. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's changed, but with the internet, World Wide Web, and social media, so do I miss it? There are days I miss it, but when it snows, I don't miss it at all. Don't miss the phone calls mm -hmm. um, when when the paper was wet. But today, with uh, with it being uh, electronic, it's, uh, it's, it's not a question about distribution. Although, um, you know, I, I, there's something about holding a printed sheet in your hand and being able to take it with you. I know the phone's there, the tablet's there, but it's still, it's still something about holding the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And we feel the same way. We have a magazine that we that we produce a couple of times a year, and and it, it certainly has that same feel to it. That has that that physical that physical copy means something for people to be able to flip through and look at. Sure, and you always find something. It, it's 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 about the serendipity of of the moment, and finding something that you weren't actually, uh, you know, going after, looking for. Uh, it, it, it's there, it pops up. Well, one of the reasons we want, wanted to have you on the podcast and we're so excited that you're joining us is that you were one of the lead sponsors of the Strong Act. And many of our listeners will remember we've had the opportunity to talk about the Strong Act quite a bit for, for, for the past few podcasts. Uh, and we even had one podcast specifically focused mm -hmm. on education benefits that are available to members. Could you tell us a little bit about 
how the Strong Act got started and why you think that this is such an important step for Tennessee. Well, I, I was honored. It was, again, it was a way to give back to those who have served and who are serving. And uh, you know, it, was, it was a great opportunity to become involved in that process of passing that piece of legislation. You know, um, Thedipides said, uh, I think 2,500 years ago, if you separate scholars from warriors, you'll have thinkers who are cowards and warriors who are, are fools. So it's as appropriate today. Who would ever have thought one of the most uh, um, technologically advanced uh, uh, surveillance packages would go across their country on a, something like a balloon? Mm -hmm. But when, when it was brought to me and I looked at it, you know, we, we actually ran this piece of legislation twice. The first time it, it kind of got held up in the Senate and we took that off time. Nick Atwood and, and Scarlett Bernier mm -hmm. and, and James Dunn, we, we looked at it and we said, how can we make the Strong Act stronger? And, and we actually did. We, we, we uh, brought lab fees in and we brought uh, some things where ROTC candidates uh, in, their, in their college systems were being penalized by being ROTC candidates because they have certain required um, courses they have to take and they would come up short their senior year in funding so we, we took care of those so when um, and we were going to make absolutely sure this second go around that um, we we had enough sponsors and, and we had both sides i spent as much floor time working in the senate as, as i did in the house so I don't know if that uh, answers it, your question. It certainly does, and thank you for your sponsorship of that legislation. There's been so many people in the National Guard that have already taken advantage of it, and, and obviously a lot more to come. Yes, and thank you for, yes, like Taylor said, thank you so much for sponsoring that. And, and looking at future ways to make it better, uh, you mentioned Chief Warrant Officer Bernier. We interviewed her, I think, August 22, if somebody wanted to go back and listen to that version of the podcast. Okay, so we're on a National Guard base, uh, McGee-Tyson Air National Guard base, and we can hear the firing range in the background. Sound of freedom. That's exactly right. And uh, made up of citizen airmen and citizen soldiers, because there's Army National Guard here as well. Why do you think it's so important to have a National Guard that's made up of the local citizenry? Well, it reflects the attitudes and, and values you know, of not only our community, state, but also of our country. And um, that's the way the country began, mm -hmm. with citizens uh, picking up arms and, and, and becoming independent. So uh, I think it's very, very appropriate, and especially to be in East Tennessee. We've always been kind of a strong-willed people. Mm -hmm. And I, knew, I know we do have people who commute to come to drill, um, not not only from East Tennessee, but they come from West Tennessee mm -hmm. and North Georgia and a lot of other places. So we always, and it's just such a beautiful setting. Uh, you you know there's a supreme being when you're on this when you're on this installation and you look to the east and to the south with the beautiful Smoky Mountains. And you have the privilege of representing Blount County, which is home to McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base. Can you tell us a little bit about what you think it means to have a military installation in your home county and what are the benefits that a base brings when it when it comes to an area? Well, first first of all, it, it just shows that this community values military service. 
and th those values have always run deep in this county. Uh, you know, we stand, and from here we can see uh, veterans of foreign war post-5154, which was formed right after the Second World War, and, you know, it, it's um, the veteran community here is very strong, a very active uh, group, and um, what it brings to the county is uh, quite a, a huge investment. You know, we the, the new hangar has just been completed for the new Pegasus tanker, which we, you know, we're all sitting anxiously awaiting that decision, what it'll bring. But uh, you know, for years, um, you know, we've we've had this uh, uh, economic boost actually from from the people who locate here on the Air and Army side. And uh, that in itself is, a, is something really good to have. It's a major installation. It's not a small, it's not a small installation at all. No, it's not. And it also houses the Training and Education Center, which brings people into East Tennessee from all over the nation to, to go to classes and, and train there. So you mentioned the Strong Act and updates to that. Uh, do you see any other possible legislation that's coming that could positively affect, affect the National Guard or, or anything well, in general that would positive, well, that you want to talk about for Tennessee? Sure. Representative Butler, an, a new freshman representative, is uh, sponsoring a bill this year that when, when, when Air Guard units uh, deploy or activated, that they'll continue to accrue their vacation and sick time. Uh, that's something that's just been an oversight in the law and this will make it possible that if they're gone for uh, six months, a year, um, they, they won't give up their accrual of vacation and sick time. Thank you. That's great. And Representative Moon, we always close out our interviews by asking one final question, which is if you had one piece of leadership advice that you found particularly valuable in your career that you would want to impart that wisdom for, for airmen and soldiers that are listening to this podcast, what's that piece of leadership advice? Never, never, never give up. <laughs> to quote the great Winston Churchill, That's right? Awesome. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's it. That's great. Thank you, you, gentlemen. Appreciate both. I appreciate both your services. Thank you. To and this yours. country. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, you, Representative sir. Moon. Thanks for listening to the 1796 podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing, sharing this episode with friends, and giving us a five-star review. The 1796 Podcast is produced by Airmen and Soldiers of the Tennessee National Guard Joint Public Affairs Office. For more information, please visit www.tn.gov military.